Welcome to Honey, I'm Home, the first Australian podcast for anyone who wants to get into beekeeping. My name is Jai Smith, and joining me, as always, is Ben, the beekeeper jury. How are you going, Ben? I'm going great, thanks, Jai. It's been a while since we've, we've sat in the same room. Yeah, I think we're in a, a whole new decade. We, we are. We are, yeah. <laughs> Um, joining us today uh, is Arthur Garski, and we're really excited to learn about not only how people should get into beekeeping and you know starting their first hive, but also you, you also judge honey at the Royal Easter Show as well. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Um, I used to show uh, honey competitively. Uh, I did for about ten years, and in that drawer there, it's full. Of ribbons. Oh, wow. <laughs> you pull it out and you'll see. And eventually um, people in my club um, didn't like you for winning all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a full draw. <laughs> so so uh, I ended up, gave up um, showing honey uh, and, and um, took up judging it instead. Um, so no one could complain. And it gives someone else a chance to win some prizes. <laughs> That's <laughs> fantastic. <away. laughs> All right, so let, let's let's come back to that uh, in a little bit. But you know, where we really wanted to start is, you know, especially now when we're kind of seeing, you know, how critical, you know, the the, the climate is, and ha- and how critical bees are are to it. Um, could could you a little explain a little bit about your own journey in into beekeeping? Into beekeeping, well, I've always been what I call um, a student of nature. Um, before I got interested in bees, I was a keen aviculturist and uh, I had 380 feet of aviaries and I bred wow. all sorts of good finches and parrots and uh, you name it, I had it. Um, my mum remarried um, a grazier and went to live at Baraba and then sold a house and I lost all my aviaries because really? they were <laughs> left, left behind. Left, left behind. Uh, so living in a flat, um, I was at a loose end. So I actually took up bow hunting, um, as a, what's her name? And that's, um, an interest Mm. and I got really interested in that. And then I started to go out the back of Condoblin, Cobar, out that way, hunting wild goats. Wow. And, um... The guy who took me out there, his dad was a rabbit trapper and he used to live under a damn wilga tree um, out in the open. And uh, one day Kenny said to me, we're going to go and get some honey. I said, where are you going to get honey from? He <laughs> said, I've, I've found a couple of beehives in the tree, so you give us a hand to cut the tree down. So mm. I said, yeah, sure. Anyhow, I think there was five blows of the axe and I had about six bees hanging out of my neck. <laughs> and... If you'd have ever said that I'd end up keeping bees... After the sixth bite? Yeah, yeah. it was no way. Anyhow, I helped him get a couple of hives and then they had a hell of a lot of honey in them. Mm. Um, and when we came home, he brought me a seven-pound jar of honey and I said, well, that's all right for starters. Where's the rest of it? He said, I give it away. I said, you're joking. <laughs> I said, you mean I nearly got stung to death all that many times? <laughs> Just and you gave it away to someone else? <laughs> so I said, don't ever ask me to help you again. <laughs> That's it. So there was there was a fair few years passed by before um, with my bow hunting, we used to go to House Valley um, hunting up there and, and I asked the farmer, could I build a little hut there? 
which he said, yeah. So me and a mate, it took us a couple of years to build this hut. We used to go every second weekend. <laughs> and then on Saturday night, we used to go up to his house and um, I had a stove I'd built and incorporated into the hut. And uh, my wife used to cook a cake or scones. And after tea, we go up to Jack and Glad's house and sit around chewing the fat, talking about things. And he had a pianola. We used to play that. <laughs> and then wow. one one night he was talking about he used to be a professional beekeeper, and and just him talking about bees, I thought Gee, they sound interesting. And I said to him, well, if I get a beehive, will you show me how to work the bees? So he said, yeah, sure. So that's when I started. Um, I was doing a wool classing course at the time and I bought um, a hive of bees off one of the guys that was also doing wool classing, which he hadn't looked at for five years. So you can imagine the sort of state it was in. The boxes were all rotten and he'd been feeding it with a pepper tin feeder the last time he looked at it. He hadn't looked at it for five years and they'd built comb, burr comb everywhere and, oh. Inside the feeder as well? Yeah. Yeah, in, inside, there was another box. Yeah, right. Right, and the tin, oh. and that was all burred in and stuck. You, you had to use a spade to jack the things apart. So, <laughs> so hive the hive tool, tool was, was no, no good. you just bent the hive tool. Need a crowbar to get into yeah, it. Yeah, right. so that's where I got my first hive. And then there used to be um, a queen bee breeder here in New South Wales. His name was Jack Gear, and he lived at uh, Jillaby Road, Wyong, and he was one of our best queen breeders that we had here. Um, so I got in contact with him and I ordered some queens for me and then there was a neighbour of Jack Delicus that lived on the other side of the McDonald River and he'd been a professional beekeeper and he had three or four hives and he said, oh, well, you get some queens for me too. So I said, yeah, not a problem. Anyhow... He helped me split up that hive and it made those three hives that you see on that cover there. Wow, yeah. So, um, and that was done the beginning of October, which is my birthday weekend, 3rd of October normally. <laughs> uh, that's why I don't forget it. And we went to Jillaby Road Wine and, and had trouble getting the bees. They hadn't got the order ready and I had to go to a yard where Grandad was working on um, hives, but they were all tested queens in there. So I ended up, I got tested queens because he couldn't be bothered going another 20 kilometres to where the other bees were. <laughs> so he said, I'll just give you bees from here. So he caught them and gave them to me. We divvied that hive up into three um, and uh, – that was the long weekend in October and the end of February, beginning of March, I think I extracted 280 pounds of honey. Wow. Um, Productive set. So um, we extracted that with a little two-frame hand extractor, which I'd made. <laughs> That's uh, a lot of spitting. <laughs> in, in, the, in the little hut. Um, and that started me on my uh, beekeeping career. I sold all that at the university, I think, in a fortnight. Um, and it was sold for two shillings a pound. Wow. I, 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 we, in a previous episode, Joe was talking to me about my origins and how I started in beekeeping. That's a much better origin story, <laughs> I have to say. It's a hell of a lot more interesting than mine. Um, I'm just interested to fast forward a little bit. 
Um, one of the the roles that you have at the moment, um, I was wondering if you could unpack for the listeners around the Amateur Beekeeping Association and how yeah. that came to be and uh, what role that plays and why you think that that is something that new beekeepers should be looking at getting involved with? Yeah, well, uh, the Amateur Beekeepers Association was started, I think, in 1954, something like that. Um, it was started at um, North Sydney, um, and it was started by a ex-army guy called Guy Pulling, and um, um, it started with one club, um, and then... Um, it then went from there, and that started the North Shore Beekeepers. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then over a period of time, we ended up with seven clubs. Um, kind when, of spread around the state. Yeah, well, it was more local. Uh, oh, Sydney. In, in in a Sydney area, you know, like between here and Penrith. Yeah. Um, anyhow. Um, the club, um, we uh, at one stage the club nearly folded up uh, because John Humphreys was the president and he he ran the club for about three years nearly on his own. Oh right. And when we had our the AGM meeting that I went to, uh, he already had written out that if we didn't get members to take on the jobs that needed to be done, uh, it was going to get folded up and we'd find a place where we could give the money that we had um, for researching bees or something. Yep. So it was Parramatta Branch. There was... Um, that was the club that you were involved in? Yeah, yeah, and Parramatta Branch. I saw an ad in um, the local paper about people interested in bees and they were going to hold a meeting to see if there was enough interest to form a club in Parramatta. Right. And that was back in 1984. Mm -hmm. And I went along to that first meeting and joined, so I'm an inaugural member of Parramatta. Oh, wow. Um, and um, joined the club. Um, and how I got to do that, uh, I'd been... Where I'd started with my bees and Jack Delica was showing me and then I did a couple of bee courses, one run by Alan Clemson and then I did an Ottendee open learning course. I think Bruce White mm -hmm. was the person behind that. Um, and um, I really got into bees and I was fascinated with bees and anything or any anyone that knew anything about bees will... They had my undivided attention. They were, they were fair game. Yeah. <laughs> so because my mum had moved to Baraba, there's a big honey operation at Manila, which is about 30 miles this side of Baraba, and it was called Wilgie and Queen Apries. Um So I wrote a letter to Ian Dutton, um, who ran that, and said to him... Um, would I be able to come and work with him in my holidays? And he said, yeah, yeah. So I got a letter back saying we'd glad to have you come and work with us. So I dropped in there on my way to my mum's thinking I was going to stay at my mum's place and drive down to Manila to work with the bees. Anyhow, when I got there, he takes me inside and says, here's your bed. <laughs> um, and I said, oh, oh, I... I, I um, 
Oh, I hadn't thought I was going to stay with you. I was going to stay with my mum and, and come down. He said, oftentimes we're up at four in the morning, which would mean you'd have to be up at two in the morning to get down <laughs> here, and then we don't get back from working bees till Tonight. maybe eight o'clock wow. at night. And he said, by the time you got home... You'd be turning around before you went to yeah, bed. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, no, that's not going to work. You're going to have to come and stay with us, live with us. So I said, all right, so I went up and saw my mum and explained, you know, I'm not staying. <laughs> And that was that. Well, <clears throat> over, I think, about 10 years working at the university and because you had semesters, yeah. I could take holidays at different times of the year. Mm -hmm. So uh, I took holidays and, and uh, leave and whatnot and work with Ian. And he, Ian had a son also called Ian. <laughs> um, and Ian was a third-generation beekeeper. Wow. So... Um, whatever uh, he didn't know about bees was no one's business. So um, I've always been the sort of person that looks, watches, asks questions, mm. wants to know why, how, what are you doing that for? Um, so slowly over time I got to learn more about bees. And then one of my stays up there, Ian Dutton, said to me, because he'd been a member of the commercial apris, but before then, when he used to live in Sydney, many, many years before, he'd been uh, belonged to the amateur beekeepers. And he said to me, do you belong to the amateur beekeepers? <laughs> and I said, what are they going to teach me that I don't already know <laughs> that you haven't taught me? And he said, no, but what are you going to teach them? Yeah. So when this thing started at Parramatta, the ad, and I went along and I joined up there, um, and that was my involvement with the ABA. Um, and you've been there ever since. Yeah. yeah so, right. and I'm on the executive of the ABA as well as being belonging to uh, Parramatta branch. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, my my forte has uh, been in in training. Yeah. Um, wow. I I like to train to people because I think I'm not getting any younger. Um, and when I die and end up in the hole in the ground, um, <laughs> all that knowledge that I've got Need to be is going to die with me. So if I can impart that and I've got little Arthur Garskins <coughs> running around <laughs> doing beekeeping. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I'm always willing and, and it doesn't matter. Anyone can ring me up at any hour of the night or day and I'll spend time with them, uh, talk to them, go to their house, uh, show them what's going on, you know, if they have problems. Just just be there. Yeah. Uh, just be there for them. And then yeah. at our club now we've started, we have a, a like an open forum for a half an hour before the meeting. So you're like a mentor and, and you stand there and then yeah. all these people ask you questions. So you, you give them all the answers. So that's quite successful. So so the ABA, that's that's one thing, you know, that if I was a person who wasn't a member already in joining the club, I could look at and say this is something that I could get out of that relationship with, with, a, yeah, well, with a club, is a mentoring I relationship. Think anyone that, that thinks about keeping bees, you need to join a club. Right. Um, you, When I first started, I bought books mm -hmm. and I did courses um, and that learnt you how to actually play with bees, yep. mm. but uh, 
to to be at ease with working with bees. Yeah. Uh, the more you do it, uh, the better you become. Yeah. And, and reading about doing something and, and you yeah. know, actually doing something are two very different things. Uh, two, yeah. and, and the more you play with bees, you, you start to notice things mm. um, where, uh, you know, patterns of bees, the noises they make. Mm. Um, you you learn about bees, and the more you learn, the more you want to learn. Well, yeah. I've, I've said that. I said that. Like the more you know, I've learnt about bees. The more questions I have, and the more things that I want to know. So it's kind of like this uh, infectious cycle that you know. Yeah, um, and and leads you on a path. When I first started with bees, I used to liken myself to a sponge, <laughs> um, and anywhere where there was anything with bees. Well, I'd I'd go to it, you know. If there was a field day at Bathurst, or I'd I'd jump off there, and you'd meet interesting people like Joe Horner. Um, you know, a lot of people mightn't even know Joe Horner, but know, Joe yeah. Horner's one of our biggest queen breeders mm. um, who thinks outside the square. Joe Horner, I think Liz Liz Frost actually Wilson. brought up as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so mentoring, and you're talking now about that social element as well that the clubs provide. Um, are there any other avenues that, you know, um, being part of the ABA or a club can help new beekeepers? Yeah, well, see, our club, we run training courses um, for new beekeepers and then uh, the ABA, uh, as such, we run at least one big field day a year um, and um, uh, there's always something going on somewhere Um, and, you know, uh, I get invited to go to other clubs and and talk about different aspects of beekeeping, showing honey, um, you know. They're all new and they all want to learn Mm, about something Um, and uh, you go along and and people, to me, in, in the beekeeping field, Bruce White, to me, he's the guru of beekeeping. Yeah. Uh, but I've known Bruce since I first started with keeping bees. Um, and um, in the early stages when I started to show honey, I used to drive Bruce mad because I used <laughs> to take all my honeys to his place because he only lives up the road at Castle Hill Yeah. And, and get him to tell me what was good, what your, was bad. Your critical friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's where I learnt about honey and showing honey and then um, I've always had a, a really good sense of smell um, and taste, mm. um, which I think you need to be a honey judge. Well, probably not just that, also to collect all of those ribbons, you know, you, you know what you're looking <laughs> for. Yeah, well, well, yeah, well, in the end, uh, after I... You work out different judges like different things mm. and, and, you know, honey that you'd show under one judge, you wouldn't show it under another judge right? because you knew what his likes and dislikes were. Um, but you would um, uh, cater for the judge that was doing the judging. Preferences, yeah. um, and you'd also, I used to end up going and sometimes trying to get to be a steward so stewards help set up the honey right. and write down the marking and, and do all those things for the judge. Yeah. So 
it's a learning process mm. uh, for me. Um, it's not just a matter of, of knowing the scores yeah. for different things, how, how many points it's worth. It's a matter of, of the finer techniques, how you pick up these things, and part of that is taste yeah. and, and smell. And so if you were to break down the different tastes and the different smells or kind of the, the, the factors that go into tastes and smells, you know, is, is there something you refer back to? Is it something you know? Well, anything that I've ever worked or been involved in, it's filed away in my mental <laughs> what's the name? So I can taste a honey and I can say to you, Well that's Einbach or that's yellow box or Really that's white box. Uh, anything that I ever worked, Green Mallee, uh, all these honeys that I worked yeah. over all these years, uh, I know. Yeah. So sometimes when we judge at the Easter show uh, and you judge commercial classes and they'll put honey in and I'll say, you it's iron bark, yep. right? Yeah. Well, we taste it and we say, that's not oh, iron bark. Yeah. Really? So it will disqualify them. Oh, really? Yeah. So, look, I'm, I'm just launching off of what Jai's asking, and I don't mean to take advantage of the opportunity that's presenting ourselves, <laughs> but um, in in respect to, you know, the process of judging, is there a criteria? I know that you're talking about where the, the honey's come from and that's important to put it in the correct class or the correct division. Yeah. But when you're in the correct class and you're in the correct division, how do you know what is the you know the the, the, the rigor? Yeah, what's the criteria? Is there cl- sections? Is it about clarity? Is it about scent? Is it about flavor? Or, or all of all of the above? All of the above. All of the above. Look at this. Here you go. Oh, wow. So this is a scorecard. Yeah. So I'll I'll put this up with the link. But there, there's flavor, density. Color, aroma, clearness, brightness. Oh, I like brightness as a yeah. Well, you get it. You can get some honeys that look dead, mm. and then others look really bright. Crystal, yeah. Wow. And then under the and so there's different grades. So there's the liquid. Yeah. There's the natural granulation, and there's the creamed. What What are the differences between those? Well, see, you can't you can't judge creamed honey against liquid yeah. honey because it's entirely different. But see, with creamed honey, um, the whiter the cream, uh, the more it's going to win a prize. Oh. Because when you look at the scores, uh, it, it, grains, it's eh? in the 30s, the see, um, with honey cream. Yep. Um, evenness of grain in those big scores. But if you're spot on with your colour and you get 29 out of 30, yeah. And then everyone else is off on their colour and but, they get but, 27, 26, 25. Yeah, that's all it that needs Even to if be. the rest of the things are all pretty Matching. near equal, yeah. they're not going to make up those those three or four points. So, so for those that aren't able to see what Arthur's talking about, each of those things that Jai read out, some of them are weighted differently. So the, yeah. the flavour and density and colour are, are a higher proportion of the score yeah. than the brightness, the clearness and the So uh, you get that way. Um because they're judged in, in, in colours, like you get pale amber, you get light, you get medium, um, you get dark. Yeah. Um, you know, all these different colours. Uh, if you're not spot on with your colour, that's what I'm saying about that. You've got to put it in marks. the right section to begin with. If it's not in the right section, but not always will you get honey that is the right colour. Okay. So when I was working honey, to put in shows, I'd 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 put a couple of hives down on a specific lot of trees, right? 
and I'd extract them with my little two-frame extractor on site next to the hive yep. and get a, a tub of honey, you know, 14 pound of honey or something. Yep. Yep. And and that was my show honey. That was that was the stuff that you were going yeah, to Yeah, I was going to show yeah. with. And I could tell you, I'd come home and I'd say to my family, I'm going to win first prize with this. Yeah. I knew, I knew, you knew it was going to hit the notes. It was going yeah, to hit it all, yeah, because I knew from all the things, the taste, the colour, uh, the density, all of those things was was spot on. Yeah. So that's where you become boring to some people. <laughs> um, Predictable, you, you predictably can, good. You yeah. can predict. So yeah. And, and originally, I I wasn't when I first joined the amateur beekeepers. I was interested in showing honey, and they said to me, "Oh, can you please put some honey in Castle Hill Show?" Because we we want honey for entries, mm. and I said, well, I'm not really interested, you know. And I said, oh, please, please, please. So I just went, and my bulk things that I fill up people's honey out of, yeah. I just went along and filled up three jars out Took of here, little, three yeah. out of here, three <laughs> out of here, mm. and put them in, and um, I won every prize. <laughs> um, so and that wasn't, you know, technically it wasn't show honey. Yeah, yeah, it was just honey. It was just honey just, straight out. You, you of, hadn't gone and targeted specific trees. No, well, that. see, when you when you when you're actually working to show honey, um, you um, there's there's things you do. Um, you got to warm it to make it bright. Oh, right. And then some honeys, if it's really dense, um, you can't get the air bubbles out, so it's cloudy. Yeah. Um, and and you don't get brightness. Well. That you can't extract it because you whip air into it when it gets extracted and you never get it out. Yeah. yeah. And I've had honey that was that dense, you could push a knife into it and pull it out and you wouldn't have any honey on the really? knife. Really? Wow. Right? Really yep. dense. You yep. hold the jar up there and look at it for 10 minutes and it wouldn't even come out of the jar. Ooh. And people would say to me, Have you got any thin honey? Yeah. <laughs> this this honey hard to work on toast. Rip, rip, ripping my bread to pieces. <laughs> yeah. I can't, so, can't eat it. Yeah. So, you know, there's all those things that that you learn about, and and um, you know whether it's going to win or it's not going to win. At one stage there at the Easter Show, um, they used to have a section, and it was called Golden Honey. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not really um, most honey isn't golden; it's mm. amber. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, but I used to still try and put honeys in, but you'd never win anything. Yeah, right. Anyhow, um, there was this lot of honey I was working. It was a mixture of blackberry and I forget what the other stuff was with it, but um, it was really golden. And I brought it home and my son, uh, he'd got an eye for colour, and I said to him, because I looked at it and I thought, I'm going to win First prize with this. This is golden, and all the other things were good with yeah. it, you know. So when I came home with a jar of this, and I said to Stuart, "What colour is that, mate?" And he looked and he said, "That's golden, Dad." I said, "Right, I thought it was." <laughs> so uh, I put down and I won first prize. Wow. There's the show. That's awesome. So. I've got I've got one question, and then I think we're actually gonna yeah, get well, you test a bit of Ben's honey. I, I, I'm not sure now. Are you, not like sure? I'm, I'm, Are you I'm nervous? Little, yeah, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> with with the flavour category, obviously, there's a lot of weighting behind that one. For anyone out there who's thinking, even with well, flavour, I think you only get ten points. I think it's, uh, twenty-five uh, on that one. 
colour, aroma, clearness, brightness. Oh, no, flavour, 25, yeah. So it's like when they – I remember the first thing because I used to taste uh, coffees and the first thing you learn to taste in coffee is sweetness and in particular berries or citrus. Yeah. It's, the, it's the easiest leap for, for people who are tasting coffees to start to look for. If anyone out there's you know literally got honey in front of them right now, what are the first types of flavors? Should the, is it a floral well, flavor? Is well, it no, a wooden flavor? This is something I say to all new beekeepers: don't be frightened to put your honey in the show because mm. your honey is only as good as the competition it's up against. Yep. Right. So if you get crap competition and you've got crap honey, <laughs> right, and your crap you honey is, uh, outcraps all the other honeys, <laughs> well, you're going to win first prize yep. because you, 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 <laughs> when you, you mark them yeah. accordingly. So when you start off with, with and you've got put in three jars of each, so you've got them all lined up in colours, your steward sets them all up for you. Um, or he should. Half the time I have to do it myself because <laughs> <laughs> when I go along, the first mm. thing I do is pick out what I reckon is, is the top colour, mm. right? So um, I'll move that lot of jars to number one, mm. right? And then you'll you'll move the, the jars along according to how the colour goes, mm -hmm. Right. So then after you've done that and, and you've Score. got a number mm. on the bottom of the jar. So, so it's like a blind tasting thing. It's a blind thing. tasting yep. thing. So then then you put down on that sheet there. Yep. See, these are the scores. The, yep. the scores one for day. each one, two, three, four, oh, five. I see, yep. see yep. They're, they're the, each jar. Yep. So you'll give that first one, you might give it uh, 23. Um, the next one, 22, 21, yep. and so you, you you go down the scores. Then when you come to density, a lot of people with density, they tip the jar upside down and watch the bubble. See, and watch the bubble. Well, I don't do that. Mm. I use a little glass rod. Oh. So I'll show you when I'm doing that. <laughs> These yeah. aren't very dense. I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, well, well, density, so you go through them and then, the one that's most dense in that lineup, you pull him out the front. Yeah. And and the one that's not quite as dense, you'll put it back. And the ones that are real runny, you'll push them back further. Yeah. So you end up with them yeah. staggered. So then you can go along and say, well, that one there. That's the uh, I'm best score give for it, density. Uh, yeah. You know. And if there's they're close, you might uh, end up with three that you'll pull to the front, and then you'll do a rejudging of mm. all of them. Uh. To make sure that that you're right, because when it comes down to the points, mm. you might just give one an extra half a point. Yeah, and that's uh, all it has to be. And that's all it has to be yeah. to get the difference between first and uh, third. Seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so on flavour though, I can I can see the well, process happening. Flavour something. Um, my my some, flavour cell, you know, my, my taste buds yeah. might pick things differently up. Than you, yeah. So there's yeah, multiple well, judges. Well, well and that's where you get to learn what judges uh, like and what yeah. judges dislike. Yeah, um, it's got a sweet tooth. This one, we'll put yeah, the sweet honey because there's like not a well, it's not fine flavor. It's right? not. It's not the sweetness. It's not the sweet. It's the actual flavor. You know, mm. oh, so yeah. you can get some honeys and and you take and you think, Christ, that's medicinal. I'd only take it if I was crook. Uh, right. Uh, no yeah. way in the world you'd say, I want to. I can't wait till I get another slice of fresh bread and butter and savour it with that <laughs> honey and eat it <laughs> because it's like bloody medicine. Yeah. You know, and others, you know, you'll you'll when you come to smell, it, you think, 
that smells like bloody toe jam. <laughs> you know, uh, you you, um, you you get this. You, you can smell a, a good honey smells pleasant, rounded, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it's pleasing to the nose. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then when you when you taste honey. Um, and you you get a bit and you put it on your tongue and you let it melt. You don't just gobble it, you yep. know, and you let it run over your taste buds and then uh, it dissipates and then you swallow it and then it rounds off in your mouth uh. and it comes back to you. Well, some uh, bite you in the back of the throat. Yep. Yeah, some, yeah. Some, uh, uh, you know... Acidic on your tongue, mm, uh, so you're not going to say that that's mm. going to win first prize. Mm. You, you've got to get something that is really, really nice. Mm. You know. Well, look, and I'm... and that'll stand out. Like if you've got thirty entries, yeah, um, one will sing. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, and I've 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 been there when people have been bringing their entries in, and and you, you look at it, you know, and, and you wriggle it around in the jar. And you think, oh, that might take the lid off, have a bit of a sniff. Mm. And you think, oh, shit, that's the best one I've seen so far. Yeah, right. Out of all of these. Yeah. And and then when you get to doing the judging, nine times out of ten, that'll be number one. You, your first impression. Sit. So, like, Jai's already alluded to it, but I've brought down a little thank you gift. We we like to do this for our guests. Um, well, <laughs> I, th- I honey, thought, you know, honey, honey for a honey Leo, judge. I've got that much honey. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work. Well, the cake cake works yeah. okay, but I thought maybe just yeah, well, because it's it good might to, be um, to taste someone else's honey. And and look, the reason I brought these two jars down was that um, they've both come from the same hive, um, yeah. fairly similarly uh, extracted at the same time. I I have one of the the new flow hives, so yeah. these were in frames sitting beside each other. Yeah. Um, I'm no honey judge and I'm no honey expert, but I do know the difference in flavour between the two. I can see the difference in, in density and in colour. Yes. Um, I wondered if perhaps um, you would like to have a taste and, and have a talk through maybe the differences and which one, you know, you feel would, uh, I don't know, do better or yeah. less worse. <laughs> or, what, what's the word you use? L- less the, bad. Less crap or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. And I, every time we get a honey out, it's obviously uh, entirely different. There's um, And as you were talking, I was thinking through um, some of the honeys that we, we, we picked up last year from uh, another one of my hives in a different area and the – you know the brightness and clearness of it was next to none. It was almost like an olive oil mm. um, clear. But these ones are. Well, see this one here straight away. When you you, you look at this clearness, you, you look at that, and it, it's got a million bubbles in it. Yeah, bubbles in it. Yeah, yeah. I did only pour it this morning though, so I don't. I, I don't yeah, but but those bubbles are, are stuck in there. Yeah. If you heated that up, right? Um, There's work to in, be done. In 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 warm water. Yep. Uh, a lot of those bubbles would settle, w- would settle see, yeah, right. and then then the thing is uh, also with that. And These are good tips. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to enter some of my honey at some point, particularly with the the ones that we have at school. So, so. You, you lift the lid off, and there's a big black dauber in there on your lid. Well, you get marked down really? straight away. Oh, don't really? cling lids. Oh, there you go. See. Well, well, might, see. Might have been the drive down. Maybe I was going a little <laughs> the too bumpy fast. Drive. But yeah. but it should have. It it's still in the honey to end up on the lid. Yeah. So these are all things that that if you're going to show honey, you've got it's to take worth into consideration. Putting the time into it, otherwise, all you're doing is wasting your money. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And and you're not 
showing your honey to its best advantage. Yeah. So what well, I mean, simply heating that up and, and, and getting those bubbles out, that's a big, yeah, you know, it's an easy get, isn't it? Well, well, it, it, it's one way of doing it. See, and the other thing, you've got to have standard honey jars. Yeah. No, uh, these uh, clearly yeah, are not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all, all the one size and they should all be filled to, uh, you know, so far up the rim. Yeah. But see, when you're preparing your show honey, I'd fill those jars right to the top to start with. Yeah. And it's easy to take the lid off and wash it down the sink. Yeah. Because all that stuff will stick on the top of the lid because yeah. it all rises. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Denser stuff goes to the bottom, but lighter stuff, wax, bees' legs, uh, yeah. whatever, will come to the top. Yeah. And then you can take that off. Clear it. And then all the little air bubbles that come up the side, yeah. you, you get a knife or something in there and you work them all off the side of the, the glass and work them out into the middle so that they can rise. Yeah. Right? And then you you'll, you leave it then for another couple of days. Then you get a teaspoon in there and touch it up against the side. Oh, far out. There's <laughs> a lot of work in this. And then, <laughs> then you run it round and round and round and round and then you wash that down the sink. Yeah. Or, or eat it, whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, yeah. And then put it all back together again. So by the time you've got that jar ready, you've taken you've off it. so much of that honey and it's down to the right level. Yeah. Mm. If you start off at the right level, by the time uh, that's you why do you're that, overfilling it to begin yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so that's with with these points like uh cleanness. Yep. Brightness. Yep. Well see this one is bright. Yes. Yeah. When really nice. when you look at that it, it's bright. Yeah. You know? This one's a cloudy one. And and this one's cloudy. Yeah. So uh, that's where you get your brightness. And some honeys are inherently you'll never get them bright. Yeah, mm. right. Just um, the nectar it's, source. It's, it's a physical from. makeup yeah, right. uh, because honey's a super saturated solution of sugar to start with. Yeah, sucrose. Yeah, and then the bees with their enzymes added to it, it breaks down and it goes into higher sugars. So you've got levulose, fructose, maltose, dextrose, and and all all them higher sugars. And the, the the heaviest and grainiest of them is the dextrose. Oh, right. And it's the dextrose that falls out of solution and grows the candy. And then as it falls out and travels down, it acts as a catalyst and, and sucks more dextrose comes when out. They go granular. It's like a can well see, I used to work in chemistry. Mm-hmm. And it's like a chemical reaction. reaction. Some things if you make a super saturated solution and you want the, the thing to fall out You'll scratch the side of it with a glass rod in a in a glass beaker, and you'll and that will Steam. make yeah. the falling out happen. Yeah, right. Right. So you can make it, and and you want to get manipulate it to your advantage. You, yeah. you you want to get the compound. Well, it's the same thing with with that, and then fourteen degrees is the magic temperature that we grow candy. So at fourteen degrees. That's where it starts to fall out. So that's 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 a process that you can use to make, make cream honey. Yeah, your candied honey and your creamed honey. Yeah. So the idea is, um, with uh, creamed honey, uh, it's got to be the lightest honey you can possibly get. So Start you want pale, you want something that's going to come from lucerne or or like a clover um, honey. Yeah, and something that candies very fine, mm-hmm. because with candy. And that candy is something you've got to get, make a few jars, and you've got to experiment to find out the right. when they're going to be just the right thickness 
mm. hardness for showing. Yeah. Right, wow. So it might take you six weeks to grow it to just the right thing. Yeah. And you don't want to have it right two weeks before. Yeah. Or right a week after. This is this is a much more complicated process <laughs> yeah. than I was. I'm, I'm now a little bit gun shy. However, I, I'm but, interested. But see, that's if you you get really keen. My yeah. wife used to hate me. Every time <laughs> showtime come, I'd have up to a hundred jars, jars of honey just, in the kitchen, just waiting, just waiting. And then I'd have in and out of the fridge growing candy, yeah, uh, right. cream, get, getting the fourteen uh, degrees and, right, and you know you'd you'd always make more than you did if you're going to do more shows yeah. because. The judge comes along and he gouges a great hole into yeah. your, your creamed honey. Well, you can't use that can't jar use, again and no. another thing, so you've got to have another jar to pop in there. Mm. So, What about um, – so we've noted on these two that I've got, they're such a different colour, and you said that you can often pick what trees, they've if they've come from a particular type. Not, a, not from the colour, no, from, no, no, from, from the, the flavour. Yeah. So I wondered if you might be able to see if there's – because I'm interested. I yeah. mean, you know, obviously I know when I – had that frame empty, and I know when that frame is full. And if I'm paying a little bit more attention to what's going on around me, I should be able to guess as to where they're collecting it. Can I just go and get yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. little density thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm um, conscious of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is my density thing. See, you, you dip it in, and, and you see. How dense by how it stretches up. You wipe that on a, a sure, rag. You can do. That one's less dense. Mm. Yeah, you can you can see what I'm talking. Yeah. If you actually, I would have thought the see one see how more dense. see how that uh, climbs up to itself. Yeah. And this one. Goes the other way. Oh, there you go. Yeah, right. See, and that—that's how you get density. Okay. So, um, and then you can do flavour, and when you're doing a lot of judging with a lot of honey, mm. you have an apple and you cut a slice apple off, oh, yeah. and you have an eat of that. Like between, a palate cleanser. Yeah. Yeah. To sharpen your palate up, otherwise <laughs> you get super saturated. Yep. And you can't taste those subtle differences. But they, so, they're so different, aren't they? Like that's yeah. the, the the surprising thing for me was getting those out of the side same, by side yeah. and having such different um, density, colour, flavour. You can I can taste the difference. I'm not oh, yeah. judge, but no, but even the two jars that, I've had from that you, there has the taste of a little bit of yellow box in it. Yellow box. So I don't know be, whether yeah, you got balloon, yeah. you got yellow box up there. Yeah, yeah. We, where I live, we're, uh, we've got a lot of uh, uh, non-native plants flowering a lot of the time, but because it's been so dry, a lot of that's kind of dropped off and the, the native stuff's the, the florals that you're, you, you're seeing. Is that a little harder to pick that one? Yeah, it, it's, it's a blend, I a think, blend. Yeah, right. of, of numerous sorts of honeys. It's, it's funny that this you is, say this is the blends because that one did take a lot longer uh, you know, it was empty yeah. for a lot more, the frame, whereas this one came on a real flow. So the yellow box must have been, yeah. you know, well, out and about. It, it, it's not, it's got yellow box in it, but it's not all pure yellow box. Right. Pure yellow box is unmistakable and you would have smelt it. Okay. Hmm. Uh, but uh, I can taste the yellow box in it. Yeah. 
and compared to what some people sell their honey and call it yellow box, and I say the only thing bloody yellow box about that <laughs> it came out of a yellow bloody bee box. <laughs> um, and one guy used to do that. He had all his boxes painted yellow. Yep. <laughs> and, and all his yellow honey, box. he used to call it yellow box honey. You're right. <laughs> okay. Well, well. Technically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Very <laughs> literal. It's a, it's a marketing gimmick. So, no, look, that's fantastic. I, so, that, that, so, here I'll give you a taste of some other honeys. You're right. Ta- here's some spoons. Here's a spoon for you. Thanks. Ta. Spoon for you. Awesome. That, that's tallow wood. Tallow wood. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's got a it's got a flavour that kind of carries. Oh wow! Mm. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, and you can see what I mean with with honey's tasting different. Now here, if you were showing honey with dark honey, you shouldn't be able to look through it. That, that, that looks, like, looks a like a brown jar. Brown jar. I <laughs> thought I thought you brought a brown jar out. <laughs> see that that that's a dark honey. That dark. If Black. you if you it's can like a look stout. if you can look through it. It's not dark. Wow. It's in a in a in a bracket before dark. Okay. Right. Jeez. So, um, oh, yeah. you 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 look at, at light. That is a very and then dark. Honey. Taste taste that. Oh, you just yeah. same spoon. spoon. Taste that. Is it like a um it an ale? Like a, it's yeah. got more. It of looks a, like a stout, yeah. like a yeah. like a, a big brown stout from somewhere. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's like Vegemite or something. Yeah, it's very dry, isn't it? Like um, yeah, but see, dark honeys are always stronger flavoured. Mm. But that that is it it's yeast? like a golden is, syrup. Is it yeasty? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Is it? You've got all the answers. Arthur's just watching us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just our way through. Come up with a food. So, over <laughs> so you've tasted that one, mm. right? This is another now, dark. This is another dark. This isn't and, Vegemite. And you'll, you'll see what. <laughs> See what I mean? That's not quite as dark as the other one because you can see through it, but you'll see what I mean about flavour. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's got a real khaki aftertaste. Mm. Yeah, I, I, look, I can't, if I'm honest, I'm not sure if that would make my toast of the morning, but it's it's oh, obviously yeah. an acquired taste, yeah? That's a... Uh, you, you know, to me... Um, They're totally different. Yeah, but at least with this, this is a strong flavoured honey. But it's it's nice. Uh, that it, other it, one's a bit. It, it's smooth. Yeah. So what Arthur? What and it's got a time that that comes from Wilger and and a, a blend of other. Okay. Uh, but see this honey here. And where where did you pick these up? Is this from out? That that out came west from or? out Tullamore. Tullamore way. This one, I, I, um, any just I was looking for some dark honey because they want me to do some teaching on showing. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe how dark they are. Mm. No, it's like a Vegemite right. consistency. It's yeah, really <laughs> is. but that first one, yeah, it was quite yeasty, and that second now, one was just a bit. Bleh. Got a funny. This, this is cream honey, mm. but so, this this was the end of the. The what's name and all this heat has just been sitting on the thing. So this this wouldn't pass the, the muster. 
because of it, it, it should be it's firm. Too soft set. Yeah, it's like. But what I want you to taste. It's like a Sunday. <laughs> eat some of that Can, and let it melt on your tongue, <clears throat> and there's no grain in it. Mm. It's just like eating liquid honey. Mm. Yeah, there is no grain. There's, there's, well, see, that's made with um, honey that you call a butter line. Okay. Oh so it, it's like Seated butter. Well. That's amazing. Mm. So we have, we have some creamed honey at home, and I haven't um, been successful in making our own creamed honey. But well, um, we bought when we were in Tasmania, we bought some leatherwood creamed honey, and that obviously has a very different flavour. But that's 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 very smooth. Like butter. Mm. Yeah, and I'll I'll show you a jar of. It's just a, it's just another world. It's. Yeah, it's really different. Yeah, like with coffee, they give you a a chart, mm. and the easiest one to say is like taste blueberry. Yeah, and you just sit there with somebody, and remind you, them you hit the blueberry. Yeah, and then like you can get melon and stuff out but of these. The are, these are trees. Like, mm. what's what's the flavor of yellow box? That's the flavor of yellow yeah. box. Unless you know what yellow blocks, yellow box. Exactly, you can't really how prompt. Can you, say it? Yeah. you can't prompt it the same way. Look at this one. This is a creamed honey of much much whiter. Well, that's, that's that same creamed honey, but this is kept, and that's the firmness you need. Oh, at a different different temperature. So, how so it, that's the same. Could you do that with the rod? Does that work? At, no, no, not with the rod. Oh, oh it's, it's... <laughs> See? You've stitched me and, up. I can't and, get and my spoon into you, it. You put that on your tongue and let that melt, and you won't feel any grain. It'll just dissipate. Mm. It's smooth. Yeah, wow. I was expecting it to be like a, a hard granular, but... No. no. Yeah, I keep waiting for like mm. bits and pieces. Mm. You won't get any. Mm. Like it's crystallised, but it's, well, it's, but it's still fine that's, that's the exact it same honey. quickly as well. But see, mm. a lot of the bubbles have come out of that because it's just been sitting on the, the table. Yeah. And this, I've, I've had it in the fridge. It's lovely. And they're all trapped in there, and that's why it's, it's wider mm. looking. Yep. Mm. But that wouldn't win a prize at the show because it should be that colour. It's the wrong... It's although it should it's, be white. it's more of a cream than a white. Yeah, it's got to be white. It, the it, the whiter the honey. Um, so you, it's it's because you start with a a lighter coloured honey. Yeah, to, well, to well, set the cream. That, that that honey that colour would make this. So you're looking for almost a an olive oil white, like, like a loose, clover honey, like lucerne or clover. Yeah, mm. or, or uh, canola, and it, would go, and it would go white like. A yeah, coffee cup. It, it looks like a bottle of milk. Yeah, wow. Well. Because I have had uh, we it was last year at school we we got a batch of honey out and it was it was almost clear. It was almost like a, a clear and and we think it was like a lucerne or a clover. Yeah. Um. We didn't obviously turn it into creamed honey, but it'd be well, interesting they, to wait for that. Next they actually, time. call it water white. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. It and, was, and it looks like water. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and 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 you, it's very hard to sell that to people as so a line of honey, honey because <laughs> mentally that would be great. They think oh, honey clear, is honey. amber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and so honey companies like Capilano, like and a that, weak honey. It's mm. just so yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. they could do, they could take this honey, and and they flash heat it to tremendously high temperatures to make it really thin, suck it through diatomorphous earth filters like alpha larva food grade. Mm which takes out all the colour and all the flavour. Mm, wow. And it comes out like water. Really? So the that's what they, they take in the dark honey and they turn it into the, 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 the shop-friendly. And and then they mix a the honey and it used to be mainly Patterson's Curse or 
Um, uh, a honey that's sweet that hasn't got much flavour. Patterson's but it's a, like a, isn't it um, poisonous? Uh, well, only if you eat lots of it. Oh, right. it it's got some. <laughs> Don't worry, it's done. Just, it. <laughs> it, well, uh, the plant itself has alkaloids in it. Okay. And and that's what's poisonous. Right. But, oh. uh, you know. But it's a, it's a parts per million on a honey Yeah. Scale, yeah. Right? So <clears throat> you'd, you'd have to eat gallons of it okay. uh, to affect you. But they add. They make it uh, and and use an, a light amber-coloured honey to make it look like honey, yep. right, and it's sweet and it hasn't got a flavour. So you can buy a jar today, six months' time, 12 months' time, and you think you're eating the same the thing. the same thing, yeah. yeah. It hasn't got a flavour. Yeah. Purposely. Yeah. Because, because yeah, when because you get on, when you get on right. to flavours, right, right, people right, right. either... I like that. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. How interesting. Yeah. That's really fascinating, actually. Look, we've run out of a bit of time, but that's, yes. that's I, I could keep going. I have a lot more quick. But thank you so much, Arthur. That's been fantastic. You've, you've taught both of us so much about this. I'm like, going to go and do some work. Yeah, I've got to go. And, back and I'll I've, ask you to have a look. I've got to go and look at every jar yeah. of honey I've got in my <laughs> jaw. We like to finish every episode with a really bad bee joke. Are you, are you ready for one? Bad bee joke. Yeah, I've got one for you. Um, why was the bee fired from the barber shop? It was a misbehave. <laughs> Close. It only gave buzz cuts. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's uh, I don't. I'm not uh, sure how that'll sit yeah, on the palate. Yeah. <laughs> nearly as nice as the honey has. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much, Arthur. If there's any last words you've got for for, for beekeepers out there. Yeah, well, I'd say... Um, or people who want to be beekeepers. Yeah, you, I, I put people that get interested in bees in two categories. Mm-hmm. One want to be beekeepers and the others are keepers of bees mm-hmm. or honey gatherers. Mm-hmm. They're not really interested in bees as per. They're more interested in the honey. Uh, and commercial apris as a whole... Uh, they don't have the time to be interested in bees. They're in the business of, of making money and producing honey. And commercial apiarists make the worst bloody beekeepers um, <laughs> out of out of all beekeepers because they're always racing the clock. Yeah. And they employ people um, that that wouldn't know, you know, their eyeball from their elbow. Uh, but. They say to them, go out to yard number 45 um, and take off everything above the metal. Right. Hmm. And that's why they use queen excluders to confine the queen to the bottom mm-hmm. so there's no brood gets in the top. They don't care whether the honey's sealed, fully sealed, half sealed, whether it's ripe, raw, whatever. It all comes back to the plant. It's all bloody spun out mm-hmm. and uh, it's heated when they spin it out, yep. so it kills any yeast spores. Uh, so, you know, most big extracting plants, they have steam coils and that that run around the extractor. So as the honey mm. runs down and runs over it, it heats the honey up mm. and that kills any wild yeast spores in it so it won't ferment. Mm. And then they package it up and send it off to Capilano. Yep. Um, and if, if they test it with a refractometer mm-hmm. and see what the – Moisture content is, and if it's over 17%, they will again heat it. Really? To flash temperatures and then flash cool it to, get uh, it to make sure that it's not going to grow uh, alcohol. Ferment, yeah. yeah. Ferment. Mm. So, 
and that's that's the trouble with uh, young beekeepers. They want everything to be uh, unplayed with, pure, what's the name, um, and they they just want to extract it out of the extractor and then sell it. Well, nine times out of ten, it'll go candy within three to four weeks because air bubbles promotes the growth of candy. Really? Any what's the name, and then some honeys that, and you can tell from looking at a vat of honey and you're looking at the top, these are the secrets. <laughs> uh, it looks like slightly oily. Yeah. You know how you, oil spreads on the top of water? Yeah. Mm. Well, that sort of honey, you've got to handle it with kid gloves because you can have a container full of honey and just banging it with your finger like that is enough to make the dextrose fall out of it. Really? And it'll grow candy. Oh. Wow. So okay. these are all things that, that um, people don't know. So, so, be a, is, so it, is it be a keeper of bees or be a beekeeper? You've got to be a beekeeper. Beekeeper. Got it. Right. That's but, fantastic. So, you know, and the more you play with bees, the more you learn about bees. Yeah. And I say to people, if you weren't into horses and you got a pony and all of a sudden you're into horses, you're going to play with the bloody thing. You're going to pat it. You're going to give it sugar and apples mm. and brush it down and tar its feet yeah. and play with it. Well, the same thing with bees. you got to play with them. Yeah. you got to... Sit there. You got to sit on a seat and look at your bees. Mm -hmm. In in this thing here, a lot of people think this is just a sorry, John, a, a fancy cover. But this is a little book. Yeah, I was reading. Yeah. Uh, so Arthur's got a, a DVD that he has on his website um, called A Beginner's Guide to Beekeeping, and uh, in that uh, there's obviously lots of uh, stories for the the beekeeper to be, and um, some of his wisdoms passed down. So and we'll put a link to that. That tells the... you what you can find out about your bees without going into your hive. Yep. So you know, I say to people that booklet alone is worth the cost of the the DVD. Yeah. The DVDs are um, a bonus. A, a bonus. A bonus. Fantastic. Thank, thanks, Arthur. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much, and thank you for your time today, Arthur. It's been fantastic. Really That's enjoyed great. it. Great. All right. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Please support the show by rating us on your podcast app, subscribing, and sharing with a friend. To get honey, hives, or your hive serviced, contact Benjamin Jury on Instagram at The Humble Hive Collective. Special thanks to Rob Peters for the creative, voiceover, and sound design on our special edition episode ads. Find out more about Rob by visiting robpeters.org. Artwork by Gene Heaton. Podcast produced by me, Jai Smith, who you can find at Jai Smith on Instagram and Twitter, or connect with us on Facebook at Your Good Get Better, the home for all our creative work.